Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and those in our community. I am very excited today. I have an amazing guest on the show, Dr. Jerry Wagner. I'm so excited to be here. I've learned tons and tons and tons, and we'll get into more of that as the episode goes on. Finding help for your mental and emotional struggles can be challenging. With so many barriers like cost, and even feeling safe looking for a counselor can be tricky, so I know it's hard. And you know the worst part? Is you really don't have the time or mental space to be trying to figure out how to find a counselor when you're having personal struggles. So thanks to BetterHelp, they are built on making counseling accessible, affordable, convenient, so that anyone who's having struggles in their life can actually get the help they need at any time and anywhere, which is so important, especially now. All the professionals are licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited. And what I love so much about them is that they have a diverse group of counselors with a broad and various amounts of different backgrounds to help all their different clients. If you need some help, try BetterHelp. You can get a 10% off discount from your first month when you go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash D-O-I-T. Jerry, can you introduce yourself real quick? I can do that. I'm Jerry Wagner. I'm a clinical psychologist and I was recently honored by being named an honorary founder of the International Enneagram Association partly because my dissertation was one of the very first uh, written descriptions of the Enneagram types. Unlike most dissertations, it was (laughs) never published. And so other people who had published books on the Enneagram were were the original founders, but then I slipped in. And so, you know, as I say, if, if you join something early enough and stick around long enough, you get a prize, you know, you become an honorary something. So, yeah, well, I'm, I used I taught in the psychology department at Loyola University of Chicago, and I've retired just in time, right before the pandemic hit. So I got out just in time, <laughs> and I taught in the Institute of Pastoral Studies. So I have an interest in both psychology and, and spirituality. Uh, for 25 years, I was a Jesuit religious order in the Catholic tradition. And that's actually where I learned the Enneagram. 1971, which is a really scary thought because that's 50 years ago. And you think I'd be sick of the Enneagram by now, but actually, I still find it fascinating. Even talking to you, it's fascinating. So I learned it back in 71. Pat O'Leary, who's another Enneagram teacher and founder of the IEA, was in that same class with me. And 
So we learned the Enneagram. It was part of a, uh, a religious experience course, which was really a breath of fresh air in the midst of all those dry theological courses. So I was studying theology at the time. And Bob Oakes, who taught us, had just learned the Enneagram from Claudio Nerano. So he had just come back from the West Coast. And it was right after Claudio learned it from Oscar Ricciazzo. So we were kind of right in at the beginning. There was nothing written on the Enneagram at the time. It was all uh, passed on oral, you know, oral tradition. I was amazed that, that after theology, I went to complete my uh, PhD in psychology. And they let me do my dissertation on the Enneagram, which is amazing because nothing had been written on it. Mm. So I suggested that because it's all oral tradition, how about we put phone numbers in the back of the dissertation instead of, you know, references to books and periodicals. They didn't see it, the humor in that at all. So that, that didn't work. Uh, but I compared the Enneagram with the Myers-Briggs. I'm actually going to do a workshop this Thursday uh, sponsored by Mayhick down in Asheville, North Carolina on the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs. And I, I also compared the Enneagram to a personality system that Ted Milan has, Theodore Milan. He's got eight types, and it worked. It was kind of interesting. And uh, part of it was coming up with an Enneagram test that didn't work so well. So after about six, eight times, it's better now. And it, it got published by a, actually a major psychology test company, Western Psychological Services. So I think it's the only Enneagram test that's actually been published by a, a major psychology test publisher. So it had enough statistics that they would publish it. So that's it. So these days I'm offering an Enneagram training for people who kind of want to give Enneagram workshops or work with people one-on-one -on -one or work with teams. And um, we've had to do it online thanks to Mother Nature. And it is not as good as in person. I know you you, you were there in person, but it, it's okay. It's working okay, better than I thought it would. So that's what I've been up to. Just, uh, I, you know, not, it's nobody's business, but I've just celebrated my 80th birthday. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, I don't feel 80. Uh, I'm very immature for my age, <laughs> so I don't feel a day over 70. <laughs> so, I was thinking 60. <laughs> if I need to take a nap during this podcast, you know, you'll excuse me and I'll just nod off. Just a little bit. We'll, we'll throw on a commercial <laughs> and then we'll just let it ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my goodness. Um, That's awesome. So how did how did you figure out your type struck? Like, how did you figure out your point? How did that happen? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, since you asked. I originally thought I was a one, a four, a five, a six, and a seven and a nine. So I eliminated about, <laughs> you know, two types initially. And finally, Bob Oak says, you're a five, you know. So, and so, well, okay, if you say so. But it worked. So five is right in between uh, the six and the four. So I got those two kind of close. 
seven, five's connected to the seven, as you know so well, yeah. And I, I think fives and ones, we've got a lot in common. So, you know, and I nines, if I weren't a five, I sometimes think I might be a nine. In the gut center, eight, nine, one, I tend to identify with the nine mostly. So, so basically, Bob Oaks declared that I was a five. And um, I said, well, damn, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so did it click? Is that the moment it clicked or was it like you started doing some observation of your life and be like, it's like the Enneagram at first I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think that much of the Enneagram. It's like, well, it's another system like the Myers-Briggs, another personality system. We got a bunch of them, but then I really like the way it kind of it provides a framework. It's like it gives you a little uh, branches to hang the different parts of the personality puzzle on. So I really like the way it kind of allows you to organize parts of yourself. You know, so I I pulled pieces out of articles on the Enneagram and Adler and Jung and Harry Stack Sullivan and Karen Horney. It's like their theories, it kind of really are congenial with what the Enneagram talks about. And you can kind of tie them in with Enneagram theory. So... Nice. I like I like the way the Enneagram, let me say this for about the 18th time, the way the Enneagram can or, organize different uh, pieces of the personality puzzle. So, because I do have a question about that, by the way, the Myers-Briggs and Enneagram. I'm going to come to that in a second. So, out, like, what stood out when Bob Oaks said, like, you're five, what stood out most to you where you were like, oh, dang. Yeah. Like, he right. Like, what, what, what part of yourself did you notice was like, oh, sh- is it well a couple of things one of them is kind of the tendency to retract to withdraw when in doubt hide out so i'm introvert on the myers-briggs so that kind of fits you know kind of energy goes in i go in with it a little bit of you know the world view that the world is intrusive kind of butts into your life so that's why we back out and the world can be withholding, so I got to do everything on my own. I can't, I can't expect to get anything. I got to get it myself. I like to learn. That made a lot of sense. And there was, there's, as much as I hate to admit it, the avarice, which is the vice of the five. I can see that greedy part of me. I forgot how much are you paying me for this, uh, this podcast, by the way. Um, yeah, I'll send the check um, via Cash App. So just be ready. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's right, good. That's right. I want to get something out of this. Um, So, yeah, and then, you know, just a lot of the other things about the five just kind of make sense. The compartmentalizing and the isolation, which is you have an experience, and instead of feeling and thinking at the same time, you push down the feeling. And only the thought remains. So if you ask a five or me, what am I think? What am I feeling? I'll tell you what I'm thinking, because the feeling's been kind of pushed down. So that fits. Okay, thank you for that. So my next question. So one of my best friends uh, is a five. Okay. KQ. I'm just going to put his initials out there. So when he listens to this episode, because he'll listen, he loves Myers Briggs, but also because of me, he loves the Enneagram. So. What are like maybe what drew you to 
connecting both of them in the way that they do? Because I know they do fit together because he he understands, I would say, at a much deeper level than most people because most people like talk about Myers-Briggs and I'd be like, that holds little weight to the degree that they like communicate it, like what they know about it. Yeah. But my best friend KQ, he knows a whole lot. Like he'd be saying stuff. I'd be like, oh, okay, it's something there. All right. So I don't even know if I have a question, but I'm just wondering like your take on it, like, what is the overlap or the connection that they both have and the impact that they have on somebody's life? Well, I knew that Myers Briggs before the Enneagram, and I've, I've you know, taught it, it, taught it in workshops. Uh, so I like the Myers Briggs. I still like it. I think it has, a, a, you know, a useful way of looking at the personality. So thank you, Carl Jung and Myers and Briggs. If you do my, you know, this workshop I'm doing on Thursday, you get the answer to your question. But I see that you're trying to get this, trying to get this for free. Uh, <laughs> there, you, there's a there's a congenial correlation, but not tight enough that you you can't predict Enneagram type from Myers Briggs type and vice versa because there's just a lot of variation. But there's some there's some consistency. So there's been I don't know about dozen, 15 studies on the, on the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs, and there's some agreement, but not total. So if you think about it, you know, it's like if you've got an extroverted five would be different from an introverted five, which would seem like an abhorrence of nature. How could that be? And yet there are some extroverted fives. Fours tend to be feeling. They are the most feeling people in the universe. And yet a couple, but not very many, came out thinkers on the Myers-Briggs. Again, you think this is an abhorrence of nature. So it might have a little bit to do with subtypes, how your Enneagram type shows up. Like an introverted eight would be a little different from an extroverted eight. They wouldn't punch you so hard, you know, it would be. (laughs) Or a perceiving one, so perceiving and judging, judging like, it's not a judgmental, but it's it's like things ordered, scheduled, um, organized. Ones tend to like that, but a perceiving who likes, who's more open, more like a seven, more, you know, let's, let's see different options, let's see what, a lot of different ways of doing this, a lot of different places to go. So the P allows that, the one to be a little bit more allowing, accepting, open, moderate, it balances it. A little bit. So all the way around, you know, there's um, it, it kind of either makes your Enneagram type a little bit stronger or it it moder- moderates it a little bit, lightens it up. So, I, I, you know, it's very helpful. And they just measure different, oftentimes they measure different things. So each provides information that the other one doesn't. And, you know, as a five, the more information, the better. <laughs> or as a seven, you would like this, you know, of course. Yep. Let's get more information. Yep. As present in the IEA conference presentation that I did with you there with me, there was a ton of information on my slides and that, I, that we both, especially me, were trying to share. And I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's right. Yeah, I've noticed that more and more, just how much information I try to pack into stuff. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. know if they can absorb that much, but I feel like they could use it. Like, <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. They'll get it later. But now they have it, they can go back and look over, you know. So 
Thank you for that. I, I think a lot of people are going to really love hearing that, especially I love the way you said that they measure different things, which I think is really, really important. So I love that. I know some people are going to love mm-hmm. absolutely talking about that. And I'm going to make sure yeah. I, I send that information out because I know some people who love the overlap of them and the differences. Hi, Milton here. As you know, I'm the Do It For The Grammy Enneagram podcast host. But what you may not know is that I'm also the founder of Kaizen Careers, an Enneagram coaching and consulting business. I help people overcome major inner obstacles using the Enneagram. I also work with different size organizations to improve performance by using the Enneagram. I use the Enneagram to help organizations honor the humanity with its employees and leaders. To learn more or book me, go to kaizencareers.com and click start today or give me a call at 901-334-1644. Talk to you soon. So time to get a little selfish with me right now. So the the first Enneagram training or workshop I attended uh, that you did was near Chicago, in the Chicago area. You know, that that's where you do your thing for the most part. Yeah. And um, I'm kind of wondering because people don't understand when I enter a space and I'm a learner and I bring a lot of seven energy at times, like if I'm enthused. But I also have the wiggles too. Like I move a lot. So I want to know yeah. what was your first impression or experience with me in your course? Because mm-hmm. I was sitting in an interesting spot and I was doing interesting things. So what was your first impression or experience? I didn't I didn't see you wiggling that much, although now that you mention it, I you know, throwing net over this guy, you know. But <laughs> I thought you had a lot of it, good questions, interesting questions. So you were inquisitive and curious and, and good. Yeah, funny. But you had kind of good questions, a good insight. I'm saying that because I want to flatter you because you're doing this, uh, you know. In the morning, yeah, I appreciate right. it. <laughs> yeah, I can remember where you were sitting, which is pretty amazing. Mm. My right hand side, a little bit towards mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. <laughs> I was in the back next to the food. <laughs> yep. In the back next to the exit. Yeah. For safety purposes. There you go. Or in case something more interesting happened out in the hall. <laughs> so check it out. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm, go ahead. I remember moving so much. I was just going to say I enjoyed when we did that. We um, teamed up for the uh, head center for the IEA enjoyed your humor and your insights and examples that they were great. Not as good as mine, but they were really good. <laughs> and that's a plug for people should, um, if you're not a member of the IEA, because you can get the recording, you should sign up to be a member. Uh, the recordings from the conferences are absolutely incredible. Me and Jerry were on there. And mm-hmm. you want to talk about information and humor mixed together. It was a great blend. It was a great blend of information and humor. Mm-hmm. So it's something to definitely check out. I'll try to put in the link for people so they can check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I've been going back, not only <laughs> listening to ours over and over again, because it was so amazing, but uh, other people's presentations were really good. And it's interesting. You know, you said, you know, 80 years ago, you started the in, the IEA, right? Yeah. Worth listening to. <laughs> I want to slap that in. Uh, and it's and it's it's really full circle because like I'm a board member of the IEA now and you you're one of the people who helped found it. So that's awesome. I think it's it's really cool how that's come full circle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I just I just remember 
I, oh, do you remember when you were teaching and you were talking about your slides? And um, I mentioned I, I would do your slides if you wanted me to. If you wanted me to help you do your yeah. slides. I think I do, yeah. I remember that. I was like, this is great information, you know, but I wanted to help with the slides. And then I, and then I, after I said it, I was like, did I really just say that in this class out loud? I said, oh my goodness. Well, uh, my slides are just all words, 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 words. And so a picture, they say, is worth a thousand words, which would save people a lot of reading time. Just show them a, a picture. Here it is. Yeah. I still could use some help with that. I had to be careful because then I started making my own, you know, and, and then I started seeing words and words and more words. And I was like, mm, yeah, you probably could verbally explain that. I don't know if you or need a picture, maybe not throw the full explanation on there. So that so that was interesting. I just I don't know. I I just remember learning and when I'm at whenever I'm in an Enneagram workshop or space, I get into this mode where and I have to really work on calming myself down because I'm excited. And so I like want things to move at the pace I want to move at, but I'm not the only person in the class. Yeah. You know, the workshop. And so that that becomes the struggle. Then I have to really, and I sit in the back too because I don't want to distract people. Yeah. To be honest, that's another reason. Because like you know, you may say something or do something, and like I really like agree or get excited, and then I know it can distract somebody else because I may move and I'd be like, oh, you know, or something. I'm like, don't do that. Don't no, just let's let them focus. So I don't know. I just I just find it so so intriguing, uh, interesting when I come into a place as a learner, mm -hmm. how different it is than space. Now, speaking of learning, I know this is supposed to be about me, not about you, but are you doing some stuff in in uh, schools these days? You, you, you did stuff in education, right? You still doing anything there with the Enneagram? I don't work in the school I used to work at. You know, when I was at your course, I was half and half and I was, well, full and full. And to be honest, I was full-time in education. I was also full-time trying to work in my business. But now I'm full-time with Kaizen, my business, but... Now I work with the school. So I still, I did their, I did one of the trainings to start the year out to like get to know each other, their type structures. We did different things around communication. And then I'll be going back doing something in like a, a month or two to kind of like work with some more things. So it has been, mm. it has been really, really, really yeah. helpful. I'll say that to the staff because you start to realize and see like, whoa, this is what's happening here. Oh my goodness. This is why I don't like this person, right? <laughs> Quote, unquote. Or I, I don't know how to like communicate with this person or they make me feel this way. You know, I wish there was a way that, you know, and I, I hope people keep learning at, at the school I work with because if you learn more about yourself, do your own work, you can better work with the kids and you can start to see their patterns. And I think that was a gift that, when I was in that space, when I was working there and helping teachers and faculty with like Enneagram type, basically personnel issues of self-development and stuff, but also when I work with the kids. So I get like the ranges of behaviors that would come out or the patterns. I could see them. I can connect. And then I could talk to them in a language that they felt they were being seen and heard. So it like it really worked out well, um, and I made some really good connections. So you know, I, I hope that continues for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there are, there are different teaching styles, different learning styles. So whenever I got bad feedback from my students, I would say, "Well, it's not me. I just happen to be teaching in a way 
that's different from the way you like to learn. Yeah. Except now, instead of having one class preparation, you have to have nine class preparations. So you can pitch it to, you know, all nine styles. Oh, my goodness, yes. You know, so as an introvert, I would say, please, please don't put me into a group. Let's just go off on our own and think about this. And, and maybe twos or threes or other types might say, please, please, stop talking. Put us into groups. I want to... I want to hash this out with somebody. The different way, different ways of learning. It, it definitely is different ways, and I know I try to I try to hit like the different centers. At least I could like if I try try to hit them in, in every teaching I do. Because yeah, all all nine. I mean, it's some I'm still working on for sure. Yeah, most definitely. How, how to connect to each one? There's um, there's this this um center called the heart. Really. And though I've worked with, you know, my heart and constantly working with my heart, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, connecting in the groups and different things and teaching a style that makes sure that connects with them is one that I have okay. to continuously work on for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I remember uh, giving a workshop. No, no, it wasn't giving a workshop, but well, yes, two things with someone else. And I, of course, came up as a five with the content. Here's what we're going to talk about. And the first course that this person said, the first thing she said is, well, how are we going to work together? Which, of course, never occurred to me. Oh, that's right. That's right. Or, or a fours will say, unless I can connect with you on a feeling level, we're not going to get anywhere. You know, and, and as, as the head center would be, you know, well, let's connect on, on a level of ideas. You know, that's right. Exactly right. So it's like two different channels. And the body is God knows where they are. Talk to my gut, you know. It's a, more of a felt sense, kinesthetic. Right. So you got a little bit of that when you're bouncing around in your seat, you're getting antsy, you know. That's kind of that kinesthetic way of learning. Yeah. Learn by doing. That's very true. I mean, I think that's one of the things that um, you're, you're spot on with, like with the hard types. It's kind of like, Okay, so how are we going to relate? What other positions? What things are we going to? It's like, whoa, I just wanted to get an idea and do this. Like, what are we, mm. what? Connecting relationships and roles. What are we doing here? That's right. But I, I found it to be very profound to be um, of how it works when we actually get those things out of the way. For, I'm, you know, like this is my thought pattern, get it out the way. You know, that's how I'm thinking about it, get it out. When we actually take time to get into roles and relationships of what's happening before we engage in group stuff, you know, it actually makes things go much smoother. Um, so I've, I've learned quite a bit and I've had like different heart types, fours and twos specifically, give me definitely some interesting feedback, even around my idealism. Like I was telling you how I might get excited or like if I have an idea, it'll show like on my face and my body. And in Zoom meetings, I, uh, I had a four tell me they were like, so I'm glad you have an idea. Glad you're excited. But it distracts us from keep going because now we everyone knows that you have something you want to say. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll work on that, too, then. Thank you. You know, I no longer just interject and interrupt people. I stopped that, you know, for a while, a while ago. I thought got that mastered. But apparently I still do it in a different way now. You need a more poker face. You know, you got to hide Hide the reactions of those cards. Yeah, have to come down to my uh, arrow on the five and uh, kind of. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. 
Let me write this down before it leaves my brain because I'll have another idea in three seconds. Uh, yeah. So, also, um, so any and everybody who's doing self-development or growth work is always exploring. They're always going a little bit deeper, figuring out something. So what areas or area are you mm-hmm. doing some current exploration around either self-development, growth, psychology, or the Enneagram? Well, part of it has to do with my age. So at age 80, I'm uh, there's a lot more behind me than there's ahead of me. So I'm kind of wondering, as actually sevens do, well, what's next? What comes after I die, if anything? Uh, part of that is that my wife passed away almost six years now. So it's hard to believe. And, you know, so every day I'm kind of wondering, well, where are you? How are you? What's going on with you? And I, I wrote an article on the real self and the false self. And, and so you've got psychological explanations of what the real self is and then spiritual definitions. So there might be more to ourselves than meets the eye, you know. Who am I really? So that kind of gets down to, well, how am I related to this divine force or God or whatever you want to call that? So I'm reading a book right now on, um, I think it's called Consciousness, Consciousness Beyond the Brain, something like that. And so it's experience, It's people who have had near-death experiences. The guy who's writing about it is a cardiologist, so people whose heart has stopped. And basically, they're brain dead. And yet, they seem to have some kind of consciousness, you know, either the past or the future or connecting with, with people in their life. And so how is this possible? If consciousness is tied to the brain, uh, if the brain ain't working, how come you're still conscious? So what's that all about? Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. As a five, I would like to know everything. But I'm constantly saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I suppose that's a good Zen place to be, not knowing. So that's that's kind of what, what I've been um, reading, thinking about. And I think that you can't get from a book. So I got to put the book down and just meditate, just be quiet and um See if anything arises. But my mind is a little bit like a seven mind, the old monkey mind. You know, it's hard to get still. It's hard to get all those different thoughts from floating around in there. It's like a bunch of birds flying around in your head. Um, just to get quiet. It is possible to to know without reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really? That statement is so loaded with so much, so many different things. Oh, my goodness. Mm. (laughs) I think that's one thing I admired about you so much from, like, being in a workshop with you was that you had a way of, um, one thing, connecting with people, Um, knowing you being a father, the way that you connect with people, I think, is absolutely incredible. Um, but one thing I really mm-hmm. admire about you is your ability f- to 
like you'll be teaching, giving a workshop and there's a point where there's like this beautiful humor that you would give in and everybody's like laughing or they haven't caught it yet and they're about to laugh. <laughs> and then there's a point where you kind of drop in and drop lore and where you you speak some 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 very real truths uh, and like some real connectedness to even your whole being and being present. So I just I really admired that when I was in the workshop and I was like, I was like, oh, my goodness, like I, I, the layering and just the, I guess the toiling of work that you've done internally, something I, I really, really admire. And so I definitely want to share that while we were here. Uh, and as you're saying that, I'm trying to think of that old song, you know, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down, something like that. So <laughs> sometimes humor allows us to look at things we may not be too keen about looking at. So if you can laugh at yourself, it's a, that's a step towards accepting yourself. Mm. And I think you use it so well, like so well. The timing is like. You know, if you didn't become a clinical psychologist and a teacher facilitating everything you do, you could have been a comedian. Just telling you, stand up. That's correct. I'd be poor now, but you know. That's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, oh, my goodness. Maybe. Who knows? Could have got you a... Um... Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, I... I um. It's important to take yourself seriously. I probably don't do that enough. And there's just a lot of, struck me, a very many serious Enneagram teachers. So I thought, you know, lighten up a little bit. Yeah, this is heavy. It's just serious stuff. And also, some of it is pretty humorous. <laughs> it is. We do. It is. Yeah. Watching our patterns reemerge over and over again once we thought we did something. Like, oh, I get it's like, I'm back. Like, oh, here you go again. Here I go again. Awesome, awesome. So last thing is just, what do you have coming up that people can attend and go to and sign up for? Ah, thanks for asking. Thought you'd never ask. Well, I'm doing my anti-gram training online with uh, Catherine Grant, who's also you know, a fellow seven of yours. And we've got a, two parts. The, because there's, well, we would have had three parts, but Mother Nature said, don't, don't get together so right. much anymore. Uh, and, and so part one is kind of an introduction to the Enneagram and gives you enough knowledge to be able to do a kind of a basic Enneagram workshop or work with people. Part two goes deeper into it. I bring in some different psychological takes on it, the in behavioral, cognitive, psychodynamic. Mm -hmm. um, that you may not get so much in other trainings. <laughs> and some people would say, thank God, I don't get that other trainings. <laughs> so part one is next January 18, goes through February 24th. It's two days a week, Tuesday and Thursday, from 11 to 1 Central Standard Time, my time in the middle of the country here. And um, so basically it's 12 modules over that period of time. And then part two starts March 8th and goes through April 14th. And it's the same same arrangement. So two days a week, two hours each time. We stay after class in case there are any questions. So sometimes it's two and a half hours if people want to stick around. 
And then, so then, so the first one, you you become a teacher in the Enneagram Spectrum tradition. And then if you do part two, you're an advanced teacher in the Enneagram tradition. If we did have it, part three, you would be, uh, what the hell would you be? A master teacher, I guess, you know, so you got to have these names, you know, put on your certificate. So when I taught at Loyola, let's see, there was a... A lecturer, an advanced lecturer, and a senior lecturer. Maybe if you did part three of my training, you'd be a senior. Right. Teacher. But we don't have a part three, so I don't, I don't have to worry about that right now. True. That one would have been more actual, you know, practicing teaching me any grant. So, right. yeah. Uh, it was a great idea, but you almost have to do that in person. I mean, not almost. You do have to do it in person. And then you would present, and other people in the class would give you feedback and just learn different ways of presenting the Enneagram, how to do it, how not to do it. So we might eventually be able to do that again. I definitely recommend, if you're listening and you're interested, to check it out. And then check it out at, what's the website? Yeah, it's, uh, well, there's two. There's one training dot enneagramspectrum.com or just if you go to enneagramspectrum.com uh there's there's information there and links mm-hmm. it's cheap it's only 695 bucks for each one can't beat it in in the world of enneagram conferences and workshops that's a that's a steal of a deal like <laughs> like the bargain right. um <laughs> it definitely is that's, yeah, that's right. And all you can eat, you, you get a lot of slides, you get a lot of free books, you got a lot of, you get a lot of stuff. And one thing that I'm super fascinated by, because as I, as a seven, um, me personally as a seven, let me say that, me, um, I don't always read books fully through. Like I read what I'm interested in, then I'll be like, you know, I like slide to slide. Your book, uh-huh. like yeah. specifically the one for part two. I read from cover to cover, which I usually don't do, which is because I was so fascinated and it really helped. Like you said, what you teach and the things you bring in, you don't really get it in other like different teachings around the in, around the Enneagram. And that's what I loved about it. So my brain was like, won't, 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 mm-hmm. like little Pac-Man, like just eating it up. Um, yeah. So that's another reason I definitely recommend um, attending the course, like really the books are amazing. The teaching is amazing. So I would just recommend those to check them out. Enneagramspectrum.com, right? All right, uh, to check it out. And for that same reason, um, just to be generous and get it over with, that's a good reason to go to all different trainings because you know, you're covering kind of the same material, but very different ways, different examples, different ways to pitch it. Uh, and, and so it's, it's not as repetitious as you'd be afraid it would be. It's actually kind of amazing how different takes you can have on the same thing. Cause you know, the, the IEA live that we did, you know, the month later, yeah. I did it with uh, Mario and B. You don't want to talk about different takes on uh, parts of the Enneagram. Woo! <laughs> Ooh, I was like, oh, awesome. Right. Okay, this is some energy here. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially with subtypes. There's a lot of uh, lot of different ways of understanding subtypes these days. That's right. 
Yeah. So yeah. I definitely agree with that. The, the different variations in growing our Enneagram perspective and knowledge is huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can go more into it, mm-hmm. but I'm not right now because words, they can be exacting and helpful, but they also can be very limiting at the very same time. So, yeah. That's right. Well, good. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for um, accepting the invitation. Um, I definitely enjoyed this and I continue to learn from you and I like to learn with you as well. So um, I just appreciate this so much. I do. All right. So if you are feeling like your Enneagram type or your ego structure is about to take over your whole day or in a certain moment, take a deep breath, pause and do it for the gram, the Enneagram, of course. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you.